0: Hey, 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 everybody. Today, for you, podcast number 61. Today's podcast is titled Upside Down You're Turning Me. Hey, 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 everybody. Welcome to this week's edition of your weekly Limitless Life Network podcast. I'm Dr. Pete Lombardi, and sitting next to me is my beautiful wife, Sandy Lombardi. Say hello to everybody.
1: Hello, everybody.
0: Doesn't her microphone just sound so much better this week? (laughs) Last week it was better, too. But uh, anyway, we got the mic stuff all settled out, and uh, this is the Limitless Life Network where we flesh out the limitations that are preventing you from reaching your goals and living the life you were called to lead. And we always want to start the podcast off by taking time to thank you, the listener, for tuning in and sharing this time with us. And uh, we put together what I think is a very uh, important one today that I don't know if the title really describes it as well as what the topics really are and the points are, but I think it's going to be super helpful to you. So um, you know, hang on to your seats. Uh, (laughs) But anyway, share with other people, like, follow, share, hit the subscribe button, and so on and so forth. Let's get on with the show, Mm -hmm. right? Okay, so Upside Down You're Turning Me, that actually just a cool title to hopefully get people's attention. Um, There's not really, I don't think it really applies too much to the topic. But anyway, what's our backstory? It kind of just kind of just evolved, didn't it?
1: Yeah. I think our on Sunday, we took a trip out to visit our um, third boy, Timothy. He's out at Elam Bible College, and we met him at his church. And um, so I think part of our takeaway is from the sermon that a very young uh, pastor gave, like 25 or so. I think it was his second um, time ever preaching, and we couldn't believe it. He was just phenomenal um very gifted um at sharing a story and the word and he was was,
0: even he was even funny
1: he was he was <laughs> funny he had emotion he had personal story yeah really we were good. we were
0: commenting like he touched on all the emotions he had you like super serious and like um almost like almost sad mm-hmm. and then happy and joyous and 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 funny and 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 it was all super serious at the same time too um really really well done by that young man he's you could tell he put a lot of thought into it he put mm-hmm. a lot of time into it he put a lot of effort into it and uh hit some really great points mm-hmm. and he used he used the book of job um that's what he read from a lot and uh, a lot of people know the story of job and job was a righteous man right so he and and everything was going job's way Mm-hmm. and this is this leads us into our first our first point the first point is good times bad times <laughs> that's that's the name of point number 1 is good times bad times um and, and job was this righteous man and everything was going his way he had what did he have 7000 sheep yeah. and 3000 camels and he had he had like he had every, he had a, a ton of land he had a lot of things he had a lot of livestock he was wealthy beyond measure and he was he was a righteous man, meaning that there was he was blameless. There was nothing wrong with him, and uh, until uh, Satan struck a deal with God to to basically try to tempt Job, and and what he tried to tempt him with was he just basically took everything away from him. Mm-hmm. He basically took all of his possessions away, his family away, um, and and then made him sick and and have painful boils, boils yeah. and and so forth, and never did. Did Joe break? He never really broke and cursed God in the process, Um, but he does eventually what?
1: He He loses hope and questions why god would allow these things to happen to him yeah Mm
0: -hmm. yeah and so and then god basically says hey were were you were you around when i when i made everything when i when i built when i put the earth together and and you know so who are you to question me yeah basically who are you to question me do do you realize i have i i know how this all works out i've planned it all i've i'm in control like do you realize who you're questioning here Mm -hmm. and uh but that's that's us, right? That's us. We we get into those situations where we just question things. So good times, bad times, and and the point here is, is you know, it's easy in the good times, right? Mm-hmm. And it's it's really what we do in the good times really has a huge impact when the bad times right. come. Mm-hmm. And and the and the storms are coming, right? Uh, unfortunately, <laughs> unfortunately, yeah. we're we're all going to face some. Trials in life—if you haven't faced many already—but most of us, most adults, have faced several by now, and you mm-hmm. know we're in our early fifties, <laughs> so we've we've faced a, a few, right? Mm-hmm. And um, and it reminds me of a quote that I heard a while ago, and that quote is: "The more you sweat in training, the less you bleed in battle." and 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 to me this is where i think this pastor was kind of going with this is that your rhythms and rituals what you're doing during times that are good are going to either serve you in bad times or they're going to you're you're going to wish you had done them mm-hmm. you're going to wish that your your faith was stronger you're going to you're not going to have the wherewithal to withstand those trials in, in a mighty way where mm-hmm. those trials could turn out to be Testimony. They could be, you know, a success story for you. You know,
1: the pastor, one thing he spoke on from a with this point from a biblical standpoint is that every day we have to have habits and rituals that are pouring into our relationship and our closeness with God. How well do we know Him? And he said, because it's not good enough just to be like, yeah, I believe there's a God and, and it's like He's there, but I don't have this closeness. So then when that storm comes and you're Maybe you're thinking, "How could this happen to me?" Mm-hmm. Um you don't question that God is still good and that his promises still stand and that he's still in control and and he sees the bigger picture because you have this relationship that you've worked on and and put time into and and developed, mm-hmm. you know, so that was a really good point, like it's just not something that you can. Try to cash in, <laughs> like right, oh, I right. I have that. Yeah, you know, like. I have
0: this uh, token. You know, I, this was my salvation token. I'd like to use this right now and and yeah. cash this in. Yeah, um, yeah. So super good. Yeah. The more time, the the more you, the more you sweat in times of peace, the less you bleed in times of war. That's mm-hmm. another mm-hmm. way to put that same same sli- saying. But uh, that brings us to point number two, uh, which is kind of one of his p- points as well, and that has to do with controlling our emotions like having emotional intelligence. So, you know, what does that make you think of? You know, controlling our emotions and having emotional intelligence.
1: The one thing that I was thinking as we we talked was not only controlling our own emotions but reading the emotions of the person you're interacting with, engaging with and, mm-hmm. and that's a real skill. It takes time um reflection like you have to step back for a moment and look at the other person's demeanor right like and before they can receive and how you're going to deliver i guess a message you have an example
0: well emotional intelligence i think comes from practice it ta- mm-hmm. i mean you don't just all of a sudden have emotional intelligence it takes it takes practice, and this is what his point was. In these good times, you have to you have to look at situations and see how you're reacting and what what is your emotional state during these situations. Like, mm-hmm. what would your emotional state be if? What would your emotional state be when? Right those those times where you know things aren't going well or didn't go the way you thought they might go like how, how did that impact you emotionally? Because you're, we, we are emotional creatures, mm-hmm. right? And, mm-hmm. and that, that trumps logic in most cases. And, and I know in the, in the sales world, they really try to, you know, get you to an emotional close to get you to buy something because they know that that's how we're wired. We're wired to act on emotion. Mm-hmm. Um, and it trumps logic many times. So, um, yeah, I think it's some one of those things that has to be practiced. It has to be uh, intentional, and it has to be rehearsed, so to speak, and and in your mind. So, mm-hmm. yeah, and that brings us to point number uh, three that you were you're kind of starting to allude to, and that is uh, gaining perspective um, over, and this is gaining perspective over our own self talk, our own limiting belief systems. Um, and and I think we had an example earlier that you brought up, actually, where you said something about your golf game.
1: <laughs> I don't like Maybe
0: it. you're talking about my golf game, actually. <laughs>
1: <No>. <laughs> Probably.
0: Well, She's too kind.
1: No. We said, well, what an example could be like, I'm not very good at golf. And um, that's a limiting belief that I might have.
0: Yeah, or maybe I have that, and maybe it's actually that's why you won't go play with me. <laughs> yeah, and that's why it's that's probably or why so it's probably I'm so bad true. you won't go play with me. No, you're actually better than me. Maybe that's why I won't go. <laughs> um, but yeah, limiting belief is is that yeah maybe I'm not I'm I'm just not really good at golf. It's not for me, right? But the perspective would be gaining perspective on that would be like well, um, if somebody were to step back and and watch and say okay, hit a drive. And then you hit a drive and it goes 200, 250 yards and it's straight. Wow. You can actually hit a tee shot. So, mm-hmm. well, you're not bad at that. Try a try a wedge. And then you hit a wedge and it goes a certain distance. And maybe it's a little crooked, but, you know, not, not horrible. And then, you know, then let's see how you putt. Well, not real accurate with the putt, All but, right. you know, it, it's close to the hole. You didn't go too far past it. So looks like you just need more practice. You know, mm-hmm. it looks like maybe you could use a, a golf coach and some lessons and and more time with it and you'd probably be halfway decent, you know, right. And, right. and and that's that's probably the truth, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, I probably could become a decent golfer if I invested time, hired a coach and really wanted to do it. Right. <laughs> mm-hmm. So yeah, that's gaining perspective versus having a limiting belief. So if you can have the emotional intelligence to identify your limiting beliefs. Hmm. And then gained some perspective on it. Wow! Imagine what could happen there. Right? Right. Okay. So that brings us to point number four. And point number four. What is that one?
1: Execute, execute, execute. Okay. So this
0: is a story, and I, and it's not my story. I totally saw this, and I'm totally robbing this from this Navy Seal. Um, and this guy was describing what his job was as a, as a, a Navy Seal team member. And his job, he was called the breacher. So he was the one that's in the front of all these Navy SEALs that are ready to go into break into a house or into some place. And his job was to go up to the door, figure out what kind of uh, explosives he needed, go back, build the charge, build the bomb, go up, stick it to the door, install his his wires and, and charge, implement, put some electricity to it. And then as soon as he was ready there were three words he waited to hear and he had to hear these three words and they were execute, execute, execute. And as soon as he did that, he blow the door to pieces. And then he said, all heck would break loose. Mm -hmm. You know, so nothing happened until there was that execute. And this is critical for all of us because too often we're not executing. (laughs) And what what I mean, what I mean by that is that we're not, we're not doing our job to its completion and, Everything can hinge off of completing things. Uh, too many of us are um, putting the bomb on the door and then we're going to do something else. Or maybe we'll put the bomb on the door and then three days later we come back and we stick the wires in, into the bomb. And and some of us are are thinking about building a bomb, but then we've got to go do some other things. So w- what we end up doing is we we start having all these incomplete things happening all around us. It looks like multitasking and you're really busy but you're not executing you're not getting things done yeah right
1: i was almost prideful of myself that i could multitask really well until i realized like it, it wasn't a <laughs> productive way <laughs> you know, of, of accomplishing or completing tasks. So. Yeah.
0: It, you know, it also reminds me of back in the, in, in the old days, they used to have these things called game shows. I think they still have a few of them now. But there was this one game show, and if you answered all the questions, you got to go into the money booth. Okay. And, and they, you would go into this glass-enclosed room, and they would they would just dump in all this money, and they'd turn on this blower, And you had a certain amount of time based on how many questions you answered to grab as much money as you could. And when the timer went off, you got to leave that room with how how much money you could grab. Mm -hmm. And most people, when they first went in there, they would just start trying to grab it all at the same time. And as soon as they grabbed a bunch of money and they went to grab more, they'd let go all the money that they had. And Mm -hmm. they would just keep grabbing and dropping. But the people that did the best... Were the ones that would grab one bill, grab it, hang on to it, secure it, grab another one, secure it, grab another one, secure it. And they would quickly grab as much as they could, but they would always keep it secure because they were taking it to completion. Because mm, the yeah. only thing that mattered yeah. was the securing of those of that money so you could leave with it. Right. So that reminded me of that as well. So taking things to completion. Mm-hmm. So and then uh point number five is what?
1: It is the motivational wave.
0: The motivational wave. So what's the story here?
1: (laughs) Well, we were talking, we did a team training dinner at our house last Tuesday night, and um, it was really powerful to come together. The whole team um, around the table brainstormed. Pete inspired us with, oh, I guess his passion for chiropractic and helping people. And I think it just re-inspired all of us for the big mission of our practice, And we all left on this high, motivational high. And then on training at the office the following Monday, he's asked us all like, what was your best takeaway or um, from the meeting? And we all looked like deer in the headlights, (laughs) like (laughs) that was five days ago. (laughs) And um, so we were just laughing and reflecting on how, once we step out of that training situation or the moment of the high where you're, inspired, you know, how do you stay on that wave and not let it, you know, dissipate dissipate, um, over time?
0: Yeah. So it made me think of my surfer friends, right? (laughs) Out on the West Coast, those guys that ride those waves. And uh, you know they're always trying to they're always trying to get that wave the next wave the next wave they're always looking for the best wave the perfect wave to, and then they ride it into shore and then it's over right mm-hmm. so and and that's really motivation it's it's transient it comes and it goes so um, one of our mentors um, Lacey Book she said that you're gonna get so much information you're gonna be super excited but walk away right in the margin, you know, mark the things that are, are the most meaningful to you. And then just make an action list, like three, Mm -hmm. three things, maybe five things, maybe 10 things, but, but prioritize them. This is the first thing I need to do. This is the second thing I need to do because that motivation will wane. You know, I mean, you're, you're going to get, you can watch things all the time that motivate you and inspire you, but you also need to have, have action items. You have to have things that to follow through with. So My suggestion, and I guess my quote from this whole thing, is, you know, fall in love with the process. Don't fall in love with the event, right? Mm -hmm. So realize, love the process, not the event. Like, events are great. They're a lot of fun. But the process is where you need to fall in love. Mm -hmm. Because that's, everything happens pretty much in life in a process, so if you can fall in love with the process, then you're you're home free, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So anything else you want to add to that?
1: No, my well, my little brain little brain, my brain your is your big thinking, brain. Your brain's big. I need to <laughs> make notes and have journals with me because if I had written down action steps in the moment, then they you know there would have been
0: action. Yeah. Yeah. So he would have executed, (laughs) execute, execute. All right. Well, that's all we have for this week's edition of your weekly Limitless Life Network podcast. Be sure to stay tuned each and every week so that you can stay connected, be inspired, and keep moving toward your best life by stripping away your limitations. And we will see you next week.